Hello and welcome back to another Dead Pixel, uh, a video game podcast. Uh, my name is Joe, and I'm here with uh, my friend, co-host, uh, the man who uh, likes to commit identity theft, uh, Nick. How are you doing, Nick? I'm doing pretty good. The trick to identity theft is not getting caught and using Bitcoin to extort people. That's my preferred method. Um, I'll do digital currency probably helped out a bunch. <laughs> yes, it's it makes the whole process a lot smoother uh, for my side. And uh, the other thing is that um, actually uh, the uh, thing everybody loves, uh, what is it called? Uh, two point security, you know, where where your phone number and stuff is is part of it. Um, people think that that actually works, but really as a identity thief, all you have to do is get control of the phone number and then re and then you can reset all of their stuff and then, uh, you have complete control. So, uh, that's pro tip for anybody who wants to get in the game. Um, yeah. Follow me on Twitter. I got a funny story. Uh, my, my last manager, uh, ended up getting, um, uh, some identity theft happened while they were training me. They get a phone call and they answer the phone and it was apparently the corporate office being like, are you filing for unemployment? <laughs> and they're like, no, I am here. And so they had to they had to go ahead and cancel all their credit cards and uh, do the whole nine. And uh, it was I was just like, wow, that's that's something else. There was a guy at my last job and we were all uh, hanging out one one day and he got a call from our HR and they said the same thing. Like, hey, are you? Like they were like, Hey, someone's saying you're falling for unemployment. Uh, and he was like, well, that's messed up. And they're like, yeah, so you need to, it's kind of our HR just saying, Hey, you need to do this. Cause we found out about it through this other thing. Anyway, it's crazy, but I would never do yeah. that. I would never do that and tell anybody, let anybody know that I was <laughs> stealing identities. I mean, my name is definitely actually Nick Vera. It's not something else. I mean, what you do is uh, you're better off getting people social security and selling those on the black, you know, the black web. That's a victimless uh, crime. The dark web, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, How are you doing, pro tip. by the way? Sorry. Oh, I'm doing fine, man. No, I'm, I got a little, uh, still getting over a cold, so uh, I have a little uh, tickle in my chest, so I, I I end up coughing quite a bit more than I probably should, so I uh, apologize for all the viewers, um, and if... Uh, I'm in the middle of a sentence and all of a sudden I go quiet for the listeners. Uh, that's probably because I hit the mute because, uh, you know, hopefully I will hit the mute before I cough or else you'll be very unhappy unless you're into that, I guess. Uh, some weird then you'll be very happy. Yeah, some weird ass <laughs> shit. You said you had a pro tip or is it just a joke? Yeah, the pro tip. So uh, if you ever have to jot down um, any uh, any type of numbers that you find um, – whether it be uh, a, a combination pin, uh, you know, social security, um, add add the digits to make it look like a phone number if you're writing it down. So, uh, for example, uh, social security uh, is one digit away from a uh, a phone number. So usually in the U.S. at least. Uh, so then, yeah, just add whatever so character you want in the front or the end or something like that, and then just remember that that's how it is. Um, if you have a four digit uh, combination or something like that for like, you know, cause I, I had that with, uh, I think I did that. I first started doing that with school lockers. You know, you have your combo that the high school gives you or whatever. And I'm like, I don't remember. So I just quick jot it down as if, you know, put a dash in there, like a phone number. And, uh, people end up thinking that it's just a phone number if they see it like on your binder or some shit. 
That's pretty cool. Uh, tips and tricks on identity theft and other memory mnemonics. Uh, I mean, if you, if you need to, if you ever have a GPS, never have your home as your home address um, or uh, else someone who steals your car, GPS knows where you live. What you do is you put the, uh, you either put your neighbors or you, you it's better off if you put the gas station in your neighborhood, because if you can't make it to your the local gas station or library as your home, um, if you can't make it from there, then you're, you're in trouble. But uh, at least if someone ends up stealing your car, stealing your uh, GPS from your car, something like that, uh, they... Uh, they won't know exactly where you live. That's true. That's smart because I have, back when I had a GPS that was its own separate thing and not my phone, I did have it in there as like my home address. <laughs> so yeah, I never thought um, of that, but yeah, that's, yeah, I should have because that was really stupid of me. My dad had it. My dad had it as uh, my mother's name, uh, at, like her house. That was it. It was her house. And so when you when you looked at like if you knew it was my dad's car, he's like, wait a minute. It's like, you know, it, his home address. It doesn't show his home address. It says someone else's house. So, okay. yeah, it's pretty smart. It worked. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, other than that, uh, holidays treating you good. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, uh, it's almost New Year as we record this and i um, looking forward to uh, hanging out with some people for New Year. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be fun. Uh, so you end up, uh, you're going to a party then, uh, a lot of people going to be there. Are you afraid you're going to get sick again? Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm going to spit in people's <laughs> mouth as much as I can. Uh, that's my goal. Uh, <laughs> some people are into that. Don't ask me why, but I'm going to be doing that. Um, should be okay, but I don't know. I, I doubt I can get Omicron again so soon. So this is the time to strike. Uh, yeah, by the way, uh I got Omicron. Um so that sucked, but we was able I was able to get over it. Talk about that in our in our get in our game of the year podcast that we also did. Um so you can hear about all about that there. Uh but yeah. yeah. Long story short, you you did the right thing. You stayed away from the hol- the Christmas party uh and you got sick r- right after we, our podcast ended. Yeah, so. that's that is the TLDR of that whole story. But um <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm going to go to this thing tonight and uh see what's see how it is. Um and I don't know. It, it should be it should be fun. But how about you? You got you, you have some interesting things going on for New Year. Yeah, so since I moved to my location, uh, it's a yearly tradition to have at least one of my buddies uh, come in from out of state and uh, hang with us. And so that tradition still carries on. Uh, We were afraid there for a bit because uh, he started feeling, well, he got uh, sick from his daughter, but his daughter, you know, daughter got tested. Uh, She didn't have COVID, but he just wanted to be sure as well. Uh, And so he then tried to get tested a couple days ago. All the spots booked up nearby him. Couldn't get a single test. Uh, heard from a coworker. Um, you know, he he was pretty sure he didn't. He had no symptoms. He's had you know, the shots, uh, but he just wanted to make sure. Especially coming to my house, uh, I got you know young children. Um, that you know really young children. So therefore, he's just like, no, I want to make sure I'm completely fine. Um, and one of the coworkers of his said, yeah, go ahead and uh, some of the schools have them. He's like, oh, cool, all right. So he went to one of the schools, high schools nearby his. Um, uh, where he worked and they're like, do you have a kid that goes to our, goes to the school district or goes to the school? No. Uh, then you can't do it here. He's like, okay. So then he went to the school by his, you know, that his kid does go to. Okay. No problem. Um, do you have your kid with you? He's like, no. Well, you have to come back with your kid. 
He's like, wait a minute. I am concerned for having COVID. You need me to have my child in the car, potentially getting sick because she's around there around me. And you need my, you need the kids to be with the sick parents. Um, and they're like, yes, some king of the hill type shit right there. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, perfect it's just beautiful like and then then he then he does bring his kid then the next day and they're like so does does your kid have photo id like like my kid is in like is early elementary they do not have photo id (laughs) and they're like well um you're like how about their email address he's like the school apparently issues them all email addresses is like I, I have access to it but you got to give me a sec to get it ready let's then he's trying try to go through the rigmarole finding that like okay no it's fine we'll um we'll just let you do it we got the rapid test uh yeah i'll just go ahead and it's like thank you he's like, Are you kidding me you know it's like the child uh, being here is not <laughs> evidence enough i mean look up their name look up their pic you have you have computers yeah. with all this shit in it look at look it up Oh, yeah it sucks well so that's yeah that's exactly it but he got tested he turned out uh he was negative which we thought he was but he just wanted to be sure and so yeah he made his way down and uh you know we're he's gonna be spending the weekend with us um that's the one tradition i have you know since coming back to the states mm-hmm. and uh i'm glad that both years of co you know like last year of covid and this year like we've been able to make that work um, yeah, man, that's going to be awesome. You're going to have a banger of a, of a weekend. Yeah, we, I bought a bunch of, for, so for the holidays, um, I bought my wife a bunch of board games. Uh, yeah. I got her, I got her spirit Island, which is, um, uh, it's just looking at it bare bones. I know nothing about it. I just know that the internet seems to like it a lot and it was, it looks like a, um, a better version of Catan, I guess the map looks Catan esque, you know, like tile pieces put together, but I honestly have no clue what's, what it's about. Uh, I got her that in the expansion and then I ended up getting her, um, uh, the expansion to, uh, betrayal on the house on the hill, mm. uh, and, which adds the roof and like 50 new scenarios. Whoa. Uh, and yeah, it was, it was on sale for like half off. So it was like, I think I got it for 10 bucks during black Friday. Uh, I got her something else too. Oh, I got her pandemic. Yeah, I figured you know thematically appropriate. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, that game. Well, pan- a- correction, pandemic, uh, legacy pandemic, uh, season one. So <laughs> you couldn't make that game today without it just being a massive joke. I mean, yeah. uh, well, I'm curious how what the meta is on that because back in the day uh, when you played the original pandemic. Uh, so we we like the developer. I can't remember his name now. Uh, but we played. Uh, they made Forbidden Island and Forbidden Desert, um, which essentially is uh, you're a team going to look for Forbidden Island. You go, you're going to uh, discover this new island, uh, research it for the first time, and the idea is your helicopter like crashes, and you're supposed to uh, explore the island, find the artifacts, and kind of build repair your ship or repair your helicopter and fly out. But the island's sinking. Um, Forbidden Desert your helicopter crashes and you're in the desert. So you have to find the ancient technology to get the, the flying machine and get the heck out before the sandstorm comes before you die of dehydration. There's a bunch of things that can kill you and it's a cooperative game. So we liked it because it was co-op. Um, it, it encourages working together and it was really good with most of your friends. Uh, problem is you have like, um, I don't know, a five out of six times you die, uh, you know, failure rate, but it's not really, it really doesn't bother you so much. It's more like, Oh man, I was so close. But when you do survive, it's always by the skin of your teeth. Uh, and it's like, it's this epic thing. You're like, yes, you know, so they, that person, 
in level of difficulty, uh, I, Forbidden Island is the easiest for like, I would say elementary school, late elementary school kids could do that one. Uh, no problem. Middle school is more, you know, a starting point for Forbidden Desert, a few extra mechanics. And then uh, Pandemic, uh, which it was, you have, you have a world map, uh, multiple diseases, you know, uh, and you have, you know, you have difficulty sliders for all of it. But that one is the, mo the more difficult one. Uh, we never bothered buying it at the time. Uh, just because having it shipped overseas and then mailing it back or, you know, luggage back is it was just too much work. So, uh, but then they have these legacy games. There's a lot of legacy games and for like um, everything from Risk to uh, Betrayal on the House on the Hill. Uh, what legacy games are is um, kind of a one, uh, you're buying a season or an event. Uh, it's you play this game, and as the game unfolds, it, it makes a kind of a story mode to your basic board game, and it's evolving your game as you continue to play it. Uh, to the point of you're adding new cards. Uh, you start off with maybe a, a smaller hand, and the game is might the first round might be smaller, but then as you're going, uh, you're adding new cards. You're literally destroying cards. It'll say you after you get this, rip this card in half. Whoa. Um, yeah, it's so it's meant to be it is meant to be a permanent um, experience. And so uh, by the time you're done with it, you will have experienced a lot of these new things. And it's um, it's meant to be disposable, essentially. Uh, it's, they're a little pricey, uh, but it's, it does last you a long time. So, for example, Betrayal, um, the legacy version of that, the first one, uh, you, you know, you playing your set characters. And so the tutorial, there's a tutorial and you the winner of that one um is actually the main uh, secretly like the, becomes the uh the villain and then when you're all the characters um you're playing as the descendants the next the next round like it's x amount of years it's literally x amount of years later mm -hmm. um and so you're parting it's like a dynasty thing you're playing as and so as you're finding certain key items you can actually keep uh certain key items and then pass them to your next character your next playthrough um so you're playing the game multiple times and it's evolving as you're playing. Um, and so that's really neat. I haven't gotten to the end of that one. I've only played like five missions of that one and it's been really fun, but it, we have a certain group of people. So every, well, we used to, before the pandemic, we, <laughs> uh, we would meet every couple months and continue to play. Um, and that's what the, uh, the pandemic legacy game is uh, essentially is something similar. Uh, I was reading about it and some people were talking about, I think it's supposed to, they were talking about it takes, you can make it go over the course of a year. And so the first couple of games are like normal pandemic. And then uh, after January, the multiple people said after January. So I have no idea what this is. If it means like you, they want you to go by months. Um, uh, but after that first bit, you're then now modifying the game. And so it goes from the basic pa uh, pandemic gameplay to their modified rules. Um, and that's I think it's up to four players, so uh, cooperative. Uh, but you can have a minimum of I think two, and so at least for the very very minimum, it's my wife and I can play. We might have a couple friends nearby uh, that we might try to get together and make it a like a once a month thing or something like that. Uh, and I think that would be fun. So yeah, that's it. We I did, got a bunch of board games because we hadn't bought a board game since uh, Gloomhaven three ish years ago, a little over three years ago, and that. If that's that's kind of a legacy esque game as well, um, but that's a massively giant box of a thing, uh, weighs I don't know like ten pounds or some shit. Mm. 
Wow. Uh, like, bigger than my child. So that's, that's pretty cool. Like, uh, I need to find some, some board game people around here to play with. Uh, after I move North, uh, I shall be closer to, there's a pretty big comic, um, and, and, uh, like miniatures and board game shop up North. So I think that once I move up North, I'm probably going to try to start heading there after work and I don't know, try to make some random random friends or whatever because i don't have anybody around here that really plays board games um that are that are like close friends so i'll try to do that and and i might be right there with you playing some some cool shit yeah dude it's um a lot of those games a lot of those shops will or i should say before uh covid they would have like you know every wednesday or something like that they'd have a open night for people to bring in their stuff or test out new things so yeah they've it was a really fun way to do that kind of thing um, but for sure, I hope you, you know, hope that works out for you. Uh, let me, you know, ask any questions cause, um, I don't have extensive knowledge, but I do have an, a base knowledge of a lot of different games and, um, actually, uh, yeah, you just, I, I have a, I have a signal boost at the end that I'm going to promote now thanks to this conversation. So, okay, cool. Yeah. Good, good, good. That's great, man. So, uh, yeah. So outside of that, um, you know, that's, you know, that's about it. But for, um, let me just write this down before I forget. Oh, I've got to uh, stretch now. What do I say? Um, <laughs> done. Boom. Got we, it. We need a, we need someone to we need someone to sponsor us so I can promote something in those times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Gillette. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Oh, uh, you know, so recently, uh, since last time, uh, we, you know, last time I was on, uh, I was talking about how uh, watching. Uh, I was watching. Uh, hawkeye and uh for me though uh i met I, th- I said last time that there was five episodes that was my mistake there are six episodes when i looked at wiki at pd at the time it showed five and i was only on episode like i just finished three i think at, at that moment um so what happened was i i went ahead and uh we took uh, uh we also noticed that there was black widow was available uh we ended up watching uh, the movie, the whole Black Widow, but within the first little bit, the very first song that comes playing uh, is they have a quiet, slow tone version of uh, "Smells Like Teen Spirit," and I almost nope the fuck out. I was just like, "Wait a minute, are you? Oh, what the hell!" And so I just was like, um, "Do I bail now? Because this is perfect time to bail. Because the rest of the movie is going to be this this horseshit. I'm just going to leave." And uh, I stuck around. And I'm glad I did. Um, the movie surprised me. Uh, it's not like phenomenal, but it was it was entertaining. I had a good time with it. Um, I, I actually really I enjoyed it more than I thought, um, which, you know, was I guess I wasn't expecting much. But after watching um, was it Shang-Chi, uh, I was disappointed in that I was expecting this to be another one of those. I'm, I'm just going to watch it for the sake of watching it. And uh, but no, I I came away positive about it. And I was like, cool. And then when I finished up Hawkeye. Uh, there was some tie-ins to that and I was like, oh, cool. All right. That actually worked out really well for me. I'm kind of glad I ended up watching it when I did. So that's cool. Uh, yeah, that was, uh, enjoyable. Uh, the, uh, Black Widow, uh, Natasha's sister, and I can't remember her name. Uh, she seals the scenes whenever she's in anything. Uh, I, I, I thoroughly enjoy her, uh, the comic, uh, timing of her, um, yeah, she's she, she's a good actress. Um, I saw Black Widow back when I was in theaters, uh, and it was all right. I I didn't really care for it all that much, um, but 
um, it was, I don't know. It just felt like just another kind of Marvel movie. Um, but I'm glad you enjoyed it. Cause there's some, there's some good like explosions and stuff in there. There's some good, um, intrigue as well. And the crew, I just, like I like said, right. it was just the sister, man. Everything the sister said was fucking funny. Yeah. She's making fun of the uh, three point landing. The black widow does, <laughs> that was she, you funny. know, <laughs> like what's with that thing that you do that pose, you know, <laughs> yeah. and then she does it. Yeah. <laughs> she does <laughs> it. Like, oh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was a good line in there where she was like, uh, referring to Thor. She was like, well, the God doesn't have to take, ibuprofen after every battle kind of kind of like pointing out that you know black widow is eventually she's gonna get too old or she's just gonna die because she's just she's just a regular human i thought that was pretty cool i was like okay that's that kind of brings it kind of makes it more more humanistic of a of a show to watch yeah for sure um i don't know uh it seems like a lot of movies love the love the idea of having um uh female russian com- combatants with ballet or teaching them like the the arts uh because john wick did the same thing uh having the russian school for like assassins and it's sort of a uh, trope you know like a red like what is it red sparrow or whatever with uh oh yep yep jennifer lawrence was kind of was like that and it's sort the, of a um, thing now. you're you're a famous you're a famous ballet uh you know uh you know dancer and yet we're going to make you the undercover spy. <laughs> like no one's supposed to know who you are. And I'm like, wait a minute. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's something like that. Um, but yeah, that seems to be the, the, the thing that they, they go for now. And now it's probably a bond thing. I imagine it kind of goes back to James Bond or there's probably, well, some... it, it, it makes sense to a certain extent. Like I I'm, I'm sure that uh, if it weren't for the fact that people were being afraid of uh, upsetting China and getting the Chinese money. You, if, if this was done in the eighties, uh, something similar, it would, they would, but if instead of it focused on Russians, it was focused on Chinese, they'd do the th- same thing with uh, the Chinese acrobat troops that you see like everywhere mm-hmm. touring and at Branson and whatnot. They'd be like, Nope, those are secretly assassins. You know, <laughs> uh, they can fit into a shoebox. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's actually a pretty so. good, pretty good idea for a movie where, where they are like uh, like a Chinese acrobatics group and they are assassins, but they're like stranded in in uh, in like Branson, Missouri. <laughs> There's like nothing to do. That would be pre- that would be a pretty good comedy. I would definitely they have watch to work that. their they have to work their way to get to get to get to the Dolly Parton show. Uh. <laughs> Everyone's just like Hicks, and there's like there's like one senator that's coming there, and, but he doesn't ever actually show up, and that would that would be pretty freaking hilarious. Working at that role throwing place, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah, uh, no, like I said, that is just the moment. Uh, like, I'm I'm glad I did watch the movie, the Black Widow movie, but it's just uh, the moment that I saw that I heard them playing Smell of Teen Spirit. It reminded me of the biggest atrocity of that slow taking a good song, or you know, and then playing it slow and like trying to make it like emotional or some crap. Um, Crouching Tiger, uh, Hidden Dragon, you the just, sequel that Netflix did. You just showed me um, this, and it is it is horrible. Yeah. So they took. Um, so if you just look up the trailer uh, for the second Crouching Tiger movie, yeah. um, they play uh, CCR's um, Bad Moon Rising in the most egregious way possible. Uh, it's like it makes no. There's no reason to have that song in there. Uh, and they just, they're playing it. And it's just, it's hot garbage. Well, and what they do yeah. is they take that song, which is pretty much like this hillbilly kind of hick anthem and they turn it into this 
slow metal type, uh, you know, uh, heavy synth in the voice, heavy like synth robot vocals. sounding. Yeah. And it's just like, why this song doesn't work like this at all. It's, it, it's just inexplicable to me. It's crazy. Yeah. So the, what they did is they guaranteed that I would never watch second Crouching Tiger movie, and I haven't. Yeah, uh, that, that so. was going to be bad. I mean, you watch that trailer, and you're like, this is this is definitely bad. I'm not going to watch this. Watch them ruin the first Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon <laughs> with this schlock. <sighs> uh, yeah. Um, uh, you know, the... Outside of that, the uh, I have had you know during the holiday season had some family come over and uh, I've kind of been watching. I mentioned this before, but um, I'm pretty sure I have that uh, about a TV show on Netflix called The Good Place. Um, it has uh, Veronica Mars. I can't remember her name now. She's also the sister in uh, Frozen. Kristen uh, Bell is that her name? Sounds right. I'm terrible with names. I think dude. it's Kristen. I'm so bad. So, um, it's her and, um, oh, Becker. Um, I'm, I'm forgetting. Ted Dancers. Don't you <laughs> ever Dancer, forget yes. his name. That, that name. Okay. Yes. That name I do recognize. <laughs> so, uh, it's, you know, that essentially, um, uh, the main character dies. Uh, they wind up in the good place and Ted Danson is like the appointed angel or the person who runs the good place. And, uh, turns out, there is a, a glitch in the system and she does not belong there. She's actually not a good person. In fact, she's a, uh, Arizona trash bag. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, she's, she's trying from to Arizona. Know, mingle. She's a bad person. That's what you mean by Arizona <laughs> trash bag. I've lived in Arizona, uh, for three years. Okay, dude. I'm, so I'm allowed to say this. I, <laughs> you, can um, claim you claim Arizona then. Uh, I claimed Arizona in the early nineties and man, that was rough. <laughs> that, uh, okay. Go ahead. I, I, I want to interject, uh, after you're done with this, with the, with the little thing about <laughs> anyway, but go ahead. So yeah. Uh, well, don't trust me that they, they rip on Florida way worse. Oh, they uh, do. They really like, hate Florida. It's <laughs> a high heaven. They just destroy, uh, Florida. Um, uh, so no, that's, you know, it's a really decent show. It's, uh, but what happened is I, we watched it, uh, a while ago and then we it's something that we always just have like our new friend like friends come over we need something in the background we'll throw it on and we end up getting a lot of our friends family addicted to it uh my in-laws live in a spot in the u.s where uh their internet's bad so they have netflix but they have the dvd netflix the netflix of yeah. yesteryear <laughs> oh man i can't uh, even imagine living like living like that so yeah, that's they don't they can't do streaming essentially uh, reliably. Uh, so they end up. Uh, that's pretty much what's uh, whenever they come over, uh, we end up just binging that for them. <laughs> so all of our free time, which we're not spending together, not, not mingling, not catching up, they're just watching that. So I have watched, uh, I think, through season four of The Good Place, and uh, I can seriously recommend. Um, that first season is pretty great. I actually think that um, that the sh that the first first couple seasons are, are pretty great, um, and then for some reason season four, it, it just sort of lost me, and I was kind of tired of the joke. Uh, like the I don't know. I feel like every show has has the joke of the show itself. I just kind of got weary of it. 
But um, those first couple seasons are definitely uh, bangers. They're really great. See, I actually uh, see. I actually thought the uh, the series never lost momentum. I think that's the thing. Is unlike um, a lot a lot of shows, uh, essentially by episode three, you're kind of like if you can make it to episode three, and if you're not interested, then you you, you can bounce no problem. But if you are interested, it only gets better, um, and it only it feels like it only goes faster essentially because. Uh, they're constantly escalating the situation, uh, and you know you're you're like by the time you hit the next season, you're like, wait, they they can't up the ante, and they do, um, and they more or less handle everything pretty well, and it ends solid. I okay, I enjoyed I back to it, it, and the fact that there is an end. That's it's not mm-hmm. an ongoing show. It's I can't remember if it was like five or six seasons. Um, I think five. But maybe you're. Maybe but it's 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 literally a solid set. You know, you don't have to. You don't. It's not a you know, a forever show or something like that. And because uh, it, the momentum's so good that it's really easy to like waste a whole evening. Uh, and, you know, it's just like I burned through, you know, how many episodes? So it's, uh, it's binge worthy. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I, I'm watching it for like the third ish time. I don't know. I keep on, I've watched the first handful of episodes way too many times. Uh, but I've, we've gone through all of it, uh, you know, with our friends and stuff like that. So it is a very bingeable show. It is one of those shows where you can just kind of like, man, 25 minutes and it's over. And you're like, dang, I just want to watch one more before I go to bed. And then you're like up at two hours past your bedtime because it is, yeah. it is a very good show. But, uh, something you, you said saying about, her being from Arizona reminded me. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen this show. Um, there's a show that came on years ago called Sons of Tucson. And it's about this guy who is like a babysitter for these two kid brothers, or these, these two brothers who are, and this guy's like probably like 35, and the kids are like, I don't know, 14 and, and, and 12 or something like that. And it takes place in Tucson, Arizona, and it's just kind of their shenanigans and what they get into. And it feels a lot like, uh, like Malcolm in the middle in a lot of ways. It's, Mm. it's, it has that, that vibe to it, but it took place after Malcolm in the middle. So in a, in a way it's sort of upgraded. Um, it's one of those shows it only made it two seasons and I'm pretty sure it was on Fox and it definitely fits into that like brilliant but canceled like category of show because it's it's a great show but nobody watched it and it was before like Netflix had all those shows so it's probably around 2000 2006 2008 somewhere in there and it just like I remember a, a friend introduced me to it and I watched it and I was like this show is really good but it didn't it just for some reason it just didn't catch on didn't make it it's one of those shows that really would have, uh, I think, would have caught on um, if it had come out, you know, seven years later. Um, but anyway, uh, that you just talking about Arizona just reminded me of that. So that's a quick shout out. Anybody that has some free time, uh, you're definitely going to want to go and watch Sons of Tucson because it's surprisingly good. Yeah, I never heard of it, man. Yeah, uh, it's totally not even, you know, never once heard of it. Uh, so that's, uh, it's interesting, especially when you relate it to Malcolm in the Middle. I loved me and Malcolm in the Middle back in the day. So I mean, like, if you can stomach that the show is just going to be ripped from your arms, and, you know, dashed <laughs> on the concrete, then uh, if you can handle that, and just know that it's gonna, 
it's going to end, but there might be like 30 episodes because it was before, well, maybe not quite that many, but it, it was before they started that, you know, bring everything down to 10 episodes or less that they do now. Um, so there might, there, there's probably a good, a good portion of it out there, but yeah. Anyway, you talking about Arizona just reminded me of the only show set in Arizona that I have, that I can remember, which is sons of Tucson. Um, okay. Um, well that's, that's been it for me, but, uh, what else have you been watching? So, <laughs> perfect. Time okay. To, perfect time uh, to I got to fill in the blank now. Okay. Brought to you by perfect time to cough. Um, so, there is this show on Disney Plus. I guess it's kind of a show um, called Get Back, and it is a documentary that Peter Jackson did about the Beatles. So in 1969, January of 1969, the Beatles were um, set to. They were set to write an album in a month and then at the end of that month whatever songs they wrote they were going to perform live for the first time and it was gonna be the first time anybody had ever heard those songs um and so they they were gonna since they were gonna make this as a tv show what they did was whoever i guess they were paying to help them make this show just filmed them uh, just trying to create this show. So they have like over a hundred hours of footage of the Beatles um, in full color in 1969 of them just shooting the shit and trying to figure out how to write these songs and stuff like that. And um, this footage is sat in a vault uh, somewhere um, for decades. And they've, they finally, because of, the other documentary type work that Peter Jackson has done, they decided to let him, you know, have a, uh, take a stab at it uh, and make this documentary. So there's over a hundred hours of footage. I feel like it's 125 or something like that, but um, he has taken it and reduced it down to nine hours um, of a, a workable show so well, don't worry. He'll come out with the extended version later. Yeah, they'll be like the Hobbit, whatever. Uh, the Beatles, the Hobbit, three, four, and five. Um, yeah. So, um, so this this show, I've watched about an hour of it, and I don't think I'm going to watch that much more because it is difficult to watch. Like just people just sit like, cause all they're doing is sitting in this room and they're writing these songs and talking about writing these songs. Um, and so the most amazing part about it is that you are watching a piece of history. I mean, ostensibly this is the, this is the end of the Beatles. Like they're kind of, they're kind of breaking up as a band sort of before your very eyes as they write this album Um, because they're sort of, you know, they're playing nice and stuff like that, but they are kind of arguing at certain points and, and, you know, John and has Yoko there and John's like showing up to practice late and everyone's cool about it, but you can tell he's just sort of checked out. Um, But I mean, just like, I, I would recommend to anybody who has, who has Disney plus 
who cares about the Beatles or even like classic rock and roll at all to at least, you know, check this out because like when you're watching it, it's, it's surreal. It is crazy to watch, you know, just, you know, 20, what what was he like? 26 year old Paul, 25 year old George, 28 year old John, uh, just be like regular people. Um, and I mean, it, the songs that they write, they do write some songs, you know, right there on, on camera. Um, there's a point early on where Paul, Paul, Ringo and George are waiting for John to get there in the morning. And Paul is just fiddling around and fiddling around on, on his guitar and he's playing get back. He doesn't know that he's playing it yet, but he's playing the song get back, just kind of writing it. And he's just sort of humming along because he has the tune, but he doesn't have the words. Uh, and you're just like, you know, you're singing the song and Paul doesn't, Paul doesn't even know yet. So it's, it's a really, it's a really cool uh, little thing. Um, I have friends who have, uh, who've watched uh, more of it. And uh, my mom was actually like recommending me to like recting, recommending it to me um, and saying, you know, just how much she has enjoyed watching it. Um, it's, it's a really cool thing. And uh, it, it's a, a great piece of history that I'm glad it, it exists, but I definitely have um, it's, it's kind of bittersweet. I'll say that it's definitely bittersweet, but it's really cool. Anyway. Okay. So. Yeah. I, I saw, I saw the banner on um, Disney plus, but I didn't actually uh, take the time to look at it. So uh, that's, that's really neat. Um, I would say I'd give it a shot, but honestly it's uh, the, I'll keep it as the, the best thing of Beatles uh, stuff in my mind is that Beatles rock band that came out a handful of years ago, which was pretty stellar. And the one Powerpuff girls episode that, uh, rips uh, the entire uh, episode is one uh, pun at, or one joke after another using uh, Beatles, uh, you know, lyrics and titles. Uh, bec- you know, it's it's great. Like the professor's like, girls, have you heard the news today? Oh, no. Yeah. Um, and it's just, you know, it's all right because it's all white. And they do all sorts of stupid shit. It's, it's a really good episode. Uh, and yeah, so uh, I've... Uh, the Beatles, uh, you know, growing up with it, like, yeah, it's, uh, I, I mean, I actually, you know, I remember when the, the was it early 2000s, 2001, the Beatles one album came out. I remember buying that one right away, actually. Um, I brought that with me overseas when I went to Japan for a high school exchange. Uh, so it was, it was actually kind of funny. Uh, it came out right before I left. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, well, I, I want a new CD and the, the, this one, it has all the best stuff and it's, it makes it a lot easier to carry the one than it is, uh, you know, a bunch of other stuff. So yeah, uh, that's, that's cool though. Uh, so yeah. other than that, um, I mean, what have, what else, or what have you been playing then? Uh, for me, what I've been playing, um, uh, is, uh, well, let's see. So I've been playing some Forza Horizon five, um, so I talked about nice. this on Game of the Year a little bit, um, but uh, and kind of shot my shot there quite a bit. But um, anyway, I have not played a racing game um, in a long time. So th- this one, you know, I've I've kind of I kind of had written them off. I don't really think of racing games as something that I, I mean, particularly got in my way to enjoy. 
uh, even back when I did play them a little bit. Uh, Gran Turismo 3 is probably the last one that I seriously played. Um, but uh, a lot of people have been talking about Forza Horizon 5 as being like one of the best games of the year. So I wanted to try it out. Um, and it's uh, free on Game Pass for, I guess, if you have Game Pass, then you can just download it. And uh, so I, I loaded it up, uh, massive download, 138 gigs, so watch out for that. But um, I, I downloaded it and started playing, and it is a pretty freaking awesome game. Um, they they drop you right in as the game starts to, pl- to uh, you know, uh, using about um, like, uh, like four or five different vehicles, uh, different types of racing, uh, it is, and it the feel of it is just fantastic. Um, driving around to all the missions is is really cool. The graphics are great, even on an old card. Like they just they really have uh, like maxed out what like the old tech can do, I guess, um, or whatever new tech they have. Uh, the game just looks great. Um, it's also really. You can get really advanced into a lot of um, the tuning and the parts that you can replace. It's uh, all, that, all that stuff. Like I just like I've bought a few parts and I just like look at the meters and if they're green, then I buy them. And if they're red, then I don't buy them because uh, I don't know what half of any of that stuff means. Um, but if you that's were where Gran Turismo lost me when Gran Turismo was like, you can adjust your suspension by this much and that. And I'm like, Nope, I'm out. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's, that... that's cool that, that, that you're, it's like, you're having a good, good time with, uh, this particular one. Have you played the actual, the, uh, the main Forza, um, you know, motorsports at all? No, no, I missed all that. Yeah. See, and that one's closer. That one's more, uh, traditionally closer to the Gran Turismo while this is like the horizon, which more people seem to like. Uh, as they've gone on, that's been the um, this is the arcade, you know, game essentially. So that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, like I guess it's pretty arcadey or whatever, but um, it it is it does feel fantastic to race. Um, I kind of forgot how good it feels to like just pass somebody and then to <laughs> finally get you know to fight for that 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 top spot. Um, one of the races that I had going, uh, you know, they start you back at the back cause you don't have a name for yourself or whatever. So you're in like eighth place or 10th place out of 12th. Everybody passes you immediately. And you just have to like, you know, zoom, zoom, and, you know, follow, like just, uh, fight your way up. And those last two cars, you know, those first those two guys at the, at the front are the hardest to pass because they're the best drivers. Um, but when you do finally get like snake your way past them, just from superior driving skill, you're just like, hell yeah. I haven't played any of the multiplayer yet. I'm sure I get my ass totally handed to me. But I might I might step into that a little bit if I feel like uh, you know, uh feeling sad for myself. But anyway, uh, otherwise I talked about it a, a little bit on Game of the Year. Um I'm gonna play it some more. I definitely have an itch itch to play it. Um I don't know how much more I'm gonna play it because I would have to move on to bigger and better games, newer newer and, and vainier games. But uh, we'll. I'm right, I got two questions for you then. Right now. Uh, yeah. Right. Go ahead. So one, uh, is there? Um, is, I doubt it. But do the cars have any damage modeling uh, at all? Do you at least see scuffs of paint or anything? Or a little bit. Um, if you if you do like wreck the shit out of it, like the glass will crack. 
Okay. Uh, um, and then at the end of one of my races where I won, I did notice that the car that I was driving, which I think is the car that's pictured here uh, for all the audio listeners, I have this uh, red uh, uh, um, Mercedes. I don't remember the exact model of it, but it's this red Mercedes. I think it's orange whenever I was playing it, but uh, it did have a bunch of denting on the door. It definitely looked like... When you buried that dude into the wall... (laughs) It had a blood stain on the side. No, no it, unfortunately, it did not. But I mean, like, like it's definitely superficial damage. They definitely want you to feel like you could definitely walk away from whatever accident you've just been in. Um, but I don't blame them. You know, they have a lot of legal shit that they have to deal with. I'm just glad that they have some damage at all in the game. Yeah, that's actually that's good to hear that there's at least some damage. Uh... And then the other thing is, is there any uh, rubber banding uh, that you've noticed? Uh, because that's always the problem with old arcade games is uh, you know, you'd be cruising along in the front and all of a sudden out of nowhere, some, you know, some Jagoff just pat, you know, comes, catches right up on you. I'll say no as far as like being, being like, like winning. But there was a point in that very first uh, race where I missed a checkpoint. And they're like, ah, ah, ah. And they they kicked me back to behind that checkpoint and I had to go through it. And by then I was like in 12th place um, and way behind. And I was able to get up to like sixth place by the end of the race, which there wasn't that much race left. So, you know, I was able to get up to like sixth place. So I, I would say there's probably some rubber banding in, in those terms just to kind of get me to where I was respectable. But once I did get into... Oh, and the second time I raced it, it was pretty cool because I was getting more familiar with the track and I snuck into second place and then I fucked up at the end with like a hundred yards to go on the final turn and I fucked up and the guy in third place did not fuck up as bad and he passed me and I was like, shit, and he, and I've ended up finishing third when I really should have finished second, but then Finally, I managed to 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 uh, in that in that final in the next race, I managed to get first place. But uh, yeah, I, I would say once I did get a, a good firm grip on that on that first place lead, they did not uh, screw me over or anything like that. Yeah, well, that's that's cool. That's that's good that it seems to be balanced and fair in that sense. Yeah, it's a cool game. I definitely. I mean, it's a no-brainer for for Game Pass. If you've got Game Pass, just fucking download it because it's and it's cool. It's definitely really cool. I have it downloaded. I just haven't got around to touching it because it's like uh, there's too many other things happening in life right now. But it's I downloaded it all like I I think it was last month. I did it right at the end of the month before my data cap. You know, I'm like, oh, I have I have extra data. I got to burn beforehand. <laughs> so let me go ahead and just I, I ended up downloading a bunch of games that way. I'm like, yeah, now I have it on my hard drive for when I do need it. And I, mean, I don't have to worry like, about burning my cap. It is really cool because you could be playing whatever hardcore shooter or whatever. And then as an, you know, like a nightcap, you know, uh, palate cleanser type game, there's not much better than just fucking racing because it's just, it's just smooth and pure experience. Really cool. All right. Well, that's great. Um, anything else you've been playing? Yeah. Um, I finally got a hold because it came. It finally came to Epic Games Final Fantasy VII Remake on the PC. 
Um, so I have a, quite a bit of a history with Final Fantasy. Uh, Final Fantasy VII, when it came out, um, was the first Final Fantasy that I, I played, but I didn't play it when it came out. I didn't play it until probably like 2000, I don't know, 2001, maybe two, probably about 2001, 2002, somewhere in there. So a bit later, okay. Yeah, so, so you know, because like, you got to remember, like, as a, as a kid in 1997, I was like, I don't know, you know, I was probably like eight or nine years old and I couldn't afford that. I mean, PlayStation was new, you know, and my, and my parents were like, no, you can play the old shit, little, little kid, you know, keep playing your Super Nintendo or your Sega. That's fine. Um, so that stuff was really new back then. So, uh, I didn't get a chance to like the PlayStation didn't get cheap enough and widespread enough and the games didn't get cheap enough until, you know, the early 2000s, uh, which is when I played the original. Um, and I really freaking, you know, loved that game when I did finally get to play it. Um, it was amazing. It wasn't the first Final Fantasy I beat. Final Fantasy IX was the first Final Fantasy I, that, I, that I actually beat. But um, the one, the first one that I played was was Seven. Um, so this game, this remake, you know, I know it's old hat now because it came out uh uh in the middle of last year but uh it was um you know i started playing this game and it pretty much immediately hit me right in the feels uh and just just kind of playing through it and seeing in midgar and the the the, the power plant the the, the the mako reactor um kind of rendered in this high definition type thing uh, and the music, of course, swelling, uh, Barrett and the Bigs and 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 Wedge running around. It just like it was just so freaking cool. Um, I just I just couldn't believe it, man. Um, but the actual gameplay, kind of playing through it, because you've played this all the way through, right? Yep, uh, I played it all the way through. Uh, I vowed never to. Uh dare platinum it or like i played it on the playstation 4 uh it was i played it because i had to uh i absolutely love final fantasy 7 uh it actually uh when the winter uh the, the the holiday season when it came out i had gotten my christmas money early uh my folks were and like family they let me they you know uh, i got was i was allowed to get to that stuff early and then i went to um the px uh which is the military like um uh store and uh i you know they the playstations were hard to find they were done there uh, i went to the layaway counter and then i'm like the one the lady's like yeah this guy like like it's on hold here he's not going to pick it up in time so here you can you can go ahead and buy it so i had just enough money i literally had just enough money to buy the playstation uh one and final fantasy 7 I didn't have a memory card. Oh no. Oh, I had no. no money to buy a memory card. My mom, my parents were always against me playing games. Uh, they, you know, they taught me early that if, if I want something, I have to buy it with my own money. So that's what I was, you know, th so they really couldn't complain too much when I ended up buying, you know, video games with my money. Uh, Cause that's the, what that was kind of their thing. Uh, they limited my, how much I can play and whatnot. But 
uh, uh, yeah, that's just like I was buying this with my own money. I'm like, okay, well, I had no memory card. So uh, I had to wait like a whole month before I can get a memory card. Dude, uh, that's brutal. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was super funny, though. Uh, actually, what happened was a neighbor, uh, they their daughter worked at uh, Babbage's, which was later bought out by um, EB Games or GameStop eventually in the end or something like that. Yeah. So uh, she went to a manager conference or something like that, and she won a PlayStation and she just gave it to her, you know, her parents um, who were at the time in like you're talking about mid late 40s. Uh, yeah, and they have no use so, for that. She gave it to him. She's like, "Here you go." Uh, but she gave it to him because uh, ma, her mom liked racing, oh. and gave, just racing in general. So she gave her Gran Turismo too. Uh, Good game. So yeah, so her, I would play. It would be me as a sixth grader, seventh grader, something like that. Uh, we'd be playing with my forty-something-year-old neighbor, uh, Gran Turismo too. <laughs> and we would always, we played that all the time uh but luckily she had she had the spare memory card so she's like here you go you can borrow this until you get your own so i'm like sweet that's pretty cool <laughs> so that's my so i i absolutely love final fantasy 7 uh it was the first final fantasy game that i actually really got into not my first uh, rpg jrpg but um you know it's luckily that game came you know came at the right you know right moment right time for me and uh so despite i wasn't i'm not i did not look forward to the remake at all I mean, yeah, it was going to look pretty, but I they did not need to ex- expand it, you know, take all this time. And, you know, in the end, I, I walked away from the whole thing saying it was good. I'm glad I played it. Uh, they made it like 40% too long. And that was the base version, not not the one you're playing with, with all the extra uh, DLC in it. Uh, but just the base game, I thought it was 40% too long um, for this remake because they just pad out a lot of things, I think. Uh, so when you get further in or when you beat it, let me know and we can have a spoiler talk about it. Yeah, I'll definitely be be talking about it again probably next time because I'm about 25 hours in right now um, and I've heard it's uh, it's anywhere between 33 and 43 or so hours depending on how much extra you do. I have been doing some extra stuff, so probably a little bit longer for me. Um, but yeah, like... <clears throat> Um, this game, you know, from pretty early on, you can tell it's padded. It's, 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 if I was going to boil it down to kind of one sentence, I would say it's not enough butter spread out over too much bread. Um, but the, the thing about it is that the bread is very good. The bread, the meat of the game, the like what you're doing and kind of running around and stuff is it, it is good. Like the like the battle system is pretty awesome. I mean, it's it's a it feels like like Final Fantasy seven, like that turn based in a way it feels like that translated over to, um, you know, uh, real time action RPG combat Um they've they i feel like they have not really given an enough though like in the original final fantasy 7 i remember you know getting a lot of different weapons and getting a lot of different you know bangles and and materia and stuff and a lot of it being like okay i'm going to use this for a while and then throw it away um in this game you know i'm 25 hours in and i've got i think four weapons five weapons um for each character uh and i 
pretty sure I would have had more than that in the old game, but but by this point in the old game, but maybe I'm just not remembering it properly. I don't know, but um, it's it, like it is good. Like it is kind of just going through. It it is it is a a nice, well put together, well crafted game. Um, it's a bit of a hallway RPG, um, more than I, more than I would have wanted. Personally, I kind of think this game should be brought down and should be completable in 20 hours with, you know, you know, doing extra, getting it done in 30 and doing like completionist run, getting it done in like 40 or 50. Um, I think they should have put more into, uh, I don't know, like making it a tighter experience. Um, Cause even at, you know, the point I'm at in the game, I am kind of like, all right, let's, let's move it along here. I don't need, you know, this extra side thing or this extra weird thing. Um, so in a way, like I, I like to play it in a sort of relaxed manner and just kind of thinking about, I, I like playing it as a game, like a nostalgia kind of seeing these characters again, type of game. Um, I just get a good feeling, you know, like watching cloud and Tifa and Barrett and Aerith interact. Um, I think it was the music for me. The music is usually what it, like you know kicked in a lot of the memories. Oh, uh, yeah. Hearing like their their new versions of a lot of the old classics um, are very well put together, and I I think they're suitable for what it is. Um, yeah. You know, like I said, I I I completely I beat it all. Um, I did om- I did most of the side stuff. Or I did all the side stuff with the exception of uh, the combat arena thing later on. Oh yeah. Um, and so there's there's a spe- special spot where you can go ahead and do just these combat challenges. I'm like, nope, uh, I don't have I don't have any love. I don't have enough love for that. And uh, there's literally, you know, the game. I'm afraid that it's going to take forever just because it's being held. Uh, I can't remember who's uh, the director of it right now. The same dude who does Kingdom Hearts, yeah. who's bu- who's butchered that one because Kingdom Hearts should be finished by now. But they keep on milking it and adding, uh, you know extra versions apostrophes and all like you know decimal points and all this bullshit and like no dude just fucking end it um so this is going to be this is you might as well have peter jackson doing it i guess is it's just gonna be way too damn long uh you know it's taking something small and just making it way too epic um expanding out beyond what it should be they want yeah, I mean, I guess they want to get their money's worth for they're building all these assets and they they're doing all these character models, so they might as well get you know try to get milk it for what it's worth. But I don't think it's worth this. Um, I I still it's a good game. It is worth your time to play. I think everyone I think it's worth experiencing. Um, I just don't think it deserves to be this long, and I I am much more interested in the rest of the game um, because if you had told me disc one. Um, or a larger portion was just this first bit, but no, it's just the Midgar. It's literally the tutorial um, area. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so. Yeah. Like I think that expanding a whole game out from Midgar is a good idea, but you know, just, you just say that like, okay, but we're going to take final fantasy and we're going to give it to you. And I think three games is, is fine, but we're going to, you know, we're going to make Midgar 
kind of its own thing and it's going to be about 20, 25 hours, whatever. Um, I think that there's enough in Midgar to do conceptually that you could create this game and make it really, really great. Um, I think that, that they had a really good chance with Jesse, who's a new character, right? Nope. She nope. was in the original? Nope, nope, nope. Wow, okay. Oh, totally. Jesse Biggs Wedge, all the original Avalanche. I definitely um, remember Biggs and Wedge. All her, all the ex- they filled in her character, and all those characters. They filled them in way more. Yeah. So once again, all right, I'm going to... I'm going to end up cutting this kind of short because we can, we're going to go way too long on this and you haven't finished it yet. I want you to finish this well, and then me... we can really go deep dive. Yeah. yeah. So finish, like I'm going to have you wrap this up right now and tie it on because we will just go on forever. Well, I, I do <laughs> want to say, because I am going to have a lot to say about the last part of the game and intermission. Cause I'm going to try to play that as well. But I do feel like there's, there's a missed opportunity with Jesse Biggs and wedge, they could have in this game. And I think should have made them their own, you know, playable battle ready characters. Um, I think that that is a completely missed opportunity, especially with how little that you have kind of going on with, with like Barrett and Tifa and Aerith almost never in the, in the same room at the same time through the first 25 hours. Um, so I'll, I'll just leave it there and we'll talk about it some more next time when I've gone a little bit further. Um, but yeah, yeah. so final fantasy seven remake, I had a chance to take a good taste of that, but that and Forza are all that I've uh, had a chance to play. Okay. One, one quick thing, uh, just while we're still on final fantasy is, uh, have you been suffering any of the issues that a lot of people have been talking about? So what have people been talking about? Because I kind of heard, uh, but let me just, but I haven't really heard for sure. Uh, a lot of just uh, performance issues with um, like stuttering, uh, frame rate, you know, fr- um, just not being able to control the, um, a lot of that stuff. There's been like juddering and, uh, you know, people are pissed because it's, there's not a lot of options or features on the PC version, but that most PC games would have. But, it's, you know, it's mostly just a uh, bad optimization is essentially the, the nutshell, you know, the TLDR. Uh, so, I didn't, you know, people are talking about just, you know, juddering and frame, you know, frame rate you know, instabilities. Um, you notice anything like that? Yes. Um, early on, it was all right. Uh, that very first mission was pretty okay. It was a little bit juddery. But once I got out uh, and, and into like the slums section, I did notice that it was stuttering and jittering. I thought it was just my system. I thought my system is just old and shitty. Um, and so it, because I'm on a 970 graphics card. So I thought, well, it's just me. But it was kind of stuttering and jittering a little bit. It wasn't unplayable by any means. It was just irritating. So I did try to lower, you know, the graphical settings down. Um, I didn't really didn't want to budge from that 60 frames per second. I did eventually, but then I shifted it back because it didn't it didn't help. And then I did lower it down from 1080p to like just below that, like, like 850 or whatever P. Um, and that really didn't seem to help either. Um, some of the, some of the faces were a little bit blurry as well. I think that's been cleared up too. But, but ever since probably like three or four days after whenever they did whatever patch that they did, uh, that seems to have cleared up. Cause I don't notice any jittering now. And I think the faces look a little bit better as well. So, um, they've cleaned it up. It wasn't enough to really piss me off, 
but if I did have a brand new graphics card and that, and it was performing like that, I would be pretty pissed. So, um, yeah, they managed to fix it, yeah. I think. Okay. Uh, yeah, I have, I just heard people talking about it. I played it on the PS4 pro. So, uh, that's, you know, uh, it ran okay for me. Uh, all right. Uh, for me, on the other hand, I've, uh, I haven't really been playing much. Uh, I got around to finishing, uh, guardians. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was, the story was caught me by surprise. I think I mentioned that last time it was, uh, and I did mention a little bit of the game of the year discussion, but, uh, you know, it's it's a really good story. Uh, if you like the movies or if you if you know anything about the comics and then, of course, it falls right in line. Uh, but yeah, for someone who doesn't know much about Guardians and know and likes generally likes the movies, I really like the first one. The second one's OK. Uh, yeah, me too. And yeah, uh, that's essentially uh, this is very, very well done. Uh, it's a different it's a different uh, telling of their, you know, the group essentially bonding and getting you know together so it's a different story you know everyone has a slightly different uh peter quill you know uh has a different uh, the, uh past from the movie so the mom situation and uh his dad like they're completely different uh and, well not completely different but things things wind up differently uh how he meets uh the ravengers and stuff like that like yondu uh all that stuff is different uh they do a really good job about flushing out the characters uh a lot of it's optional, though. That's that's the neat part. It, it's there if you want it, but if you don't and you just want to mainline the game, you can, but you just won't get as much out of it uh, because they find you find items, and those items uh, will wind up in the crew quarters. And then during when you're whenever you're back in the ship, you can explore the crew quarters, pick up said item, and that'll engage in extra lines of dialogue. Or during certain moments, you can uh, you can optionally they'll have a speech bubble above their heads, and you can talk to each crew member uh, and just engage in all these conversations. Uh, I had a really good time with all that. It reminded me of um, uh, almost like an adventure game or something like, you know, the, the uh, you know, coming from Square, you know, the closest thing right off the bat comes to like something like Life is Strange, which is not really yeah. a good analogy. But Life is Strange <laughs> is a very, you know, dialogue heavy, you know, you know, it's like thing. And it's uh, it's very good story. You know, uh, I'm not sure if any of the same team or nothing like that, but just it, this game. Uh, really did have a lot of them. Yeah, combat was okay, but that was. That, that, I mean, it's that. That was about all I got to say about combat. It's, it's just okay. It's but it's story really weird that totally like uh, like uh, that SquareSoft, you know, or Square Enix rather, uh, you know, made that made a game like this. Um, I guess I guess it's it's cool because Disney's passing around you know the Marvel license. Um, and it seems well, like they, it's Idos Montreal. So, I mean, they, they, they're the ones who but like, really, ha, you know, but, but Square's a publisher, right? Yeah. Publisher, but Idos is the, um, they're the guys who do DSX. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. and so, yeah, yeah, at least, you know, they have the chops, uh, for making good stuff. Um, so it's, a, you know, uh, it's, but when you see Square, this plastered across there, you're like, yeah, you don't definitely like, wait, really? <laughs> you know, it does catch you off guard. Yeah. That is strange. Um, I, I did hear that kind of combat seemed maybe it was it was on a podcast i think it was alex uh on uh next lander i think he was saying that combat in the game seems overly simplified until later and then you do have to start kind of making choices but but like you were playing it in sort of a mass effecty style and he might not have been yeah so what i did was um the only the only thing that's different is when you use your abilities uh, to you can't control your other party members. You only control Peter Quill. And so uh, everyone else ha will you'll unlock their special moves. 
Uh, and that's all you can do is have them command them to attack with their special abilities. Um, so when you use when you pull up the wheel, the menu system for their special abilities, uh, it'll slow down time. Uh, it'll still move, but it'll move slower. Yeah. Now, in the accessibility option, you can either have it, you can slow it down to a complete stop, uh, or you can have it run at, you can even change it so it's, uh, there is no pause at all. So the game still runs completely f- smooth, and that makes it more challenging. Uh, I went with the Mass Effect style or the Bioware style um, of like Knights of the Old Republic or something where uh, when you pulled up that wheel, it, the whole game stopped and paused it. So it became more of a tactical thing, uh, which undoubtedly made it way easier. Uh, but other than that, that's the only thing I touched with the accessibility options as far as that goes. Um, I kind of wish that you had more ability to tell uh, tell them to attack or, or defend or like, you know, back up, you know, but in, they just automatically do their own thing. And, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know, the combat, the only real difficult or the only real difficult part is they don't really tell you this so much, but you kind of figure it out by colors later on, you get like, uh, enemies with certain shields and depending on their color shield, uh, Peter's, uh, weapons will have elemental properties as you progress. And then you just have to match elemental to the color of the shield. So white shield, oh, well, I have an ice, you know, or it's a bluish shield. So maybe that, so that's going to be lightning, um, so that's kind of if you don't do that, the um, those encounters are a lot more difficult just because you're trying to whittle them down a lot harder. Uh, but what I do is, you know, you get you get an enemy, and then I just just dogpile all your guys. All right, you know, um, you know, I'll have Drax do a stunning move. Uh, Gamora, I'll have her do a hard hit. Uh, I'll do more stun damage. So then all of a sudden, the it'll max out their stun meter. Uh, they'll stagger the enemy. Uh, Rocket will do an AOE attack while Groot, uh, right off the bat, the first thing I would have done was uh, pin everyone down. So that person standing still, getting dogpiled, gets stunned, gets exploded, you know, then uh, it's just you can make quick work of them if you if you know how to combine your attacks real quick. Um, So I didn't really find it that challenging as a concept. Mm. Uh, I mean, once again, it's all about the dialogue. It's all about the choices. Uh, later on in the game, the ending part of the game, depending on some of your choices and what you've if succeeded or not succeeded in, uh, you can make the game, the ending part of the game, a little more simple. Uh, you'll have some, you know, enemy uh, groups, and then like, oh, because of a decision you made earlier, you'll have backup or you won't. And you know, so that's that's really about it. But the the dialogue choices are a lot of flavorful text. Um, you know, it's a lot of it doesn't really have any real solid meaning at the end. I think, uh, unlike a Mass Effect where it gave you that illusion, you know, Renegade or Paragon, uh, this isn't really that. Uh, but they do have a lot of good banter. Uh, I even started doing a uh, a new game plus a little bit to to finish out. Like uh, I got a platinum on this, so I wanted to do. There's a few things I had to do, so I, I went ahead with new game plus and uh, playing through a little bit of my second time around. I was getting dialogue that I didn't get the first time. Um, the only problem with the dialogue is unlike a game like God of War where they do it right, where they're in the middle of talking and they're like, and then all of a sudden you do something to interrupt that talking. Uh, that's it. In this game, it's like they just end it. And so they're in the middle of talking about a story or something like that or making a joke and it just stops because you either entered the next area or had a combat <laughs> encounter. That's kind of awkward. Uh, God of War did it right where um, you know you get off the boat and the next time you get in the boat, they get back to the story. They're like, where was I? Or, you know, and then they just, they continue that thing again. I'm like, Oh, that's cool because I didn't mean to interrupt this dialogue. Um, so it, there's a lot of times where I just stand there. I'm like, I'm about to go through this narrow corridor, which obviously is going to load into the next transition scenes. So I'm just going to wait here and let them finish their talking. 
mm-hmm. you know but then again at the same time i'm just walking forward and i accidentally clip into the next one and so the next scene and i missed what they're saying i'm like oh well uh but they have a lot of good dialogue a lot of good jokes uh, only in combat does it get boring sometimes because they'll yell the same things you know often but honestly solid game really worth play uh i enjoyed my time with it that's cool man so that's really great all right um so other than that uh let's see uh because of being the end of the year not a whole lot for news going on so we're gonna uh skip the news segment this time around and uh we're gonna go ahead and uh talk a little bit about uh the games that uh of next year that we're looking forward to playing um so I guess I'm gonna let you go ahead and uh, kick us off with uh, what you're, you know, some of the stuff you're interested in playing for uh, 2022. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. In no particular order, I've got a couple different things that I am pretty interested in. Um, I guess high on the list and early in the year is uh, Elden Ring. Um, that's, I mean. Everybody's really hyped about that. A lot of influencers have had a chance to play it as well. And they, um, I mean, for whatever their word is worth, um, a lot of them are saying that it is really amazing, that it's it's more than just open world Dark Souls. It's um, that they are doing even kind of more better stuff with it. Um, yeah, that beta went really well, actually, from everything I've seen. And a lot of people are talking about it. The, um high praise uh, digital foundry um they really liked it as well yeah so that so that just seems uh really interesting to me um i've played a little bit of the dark souls uh i played a little bit of sekiro kind of still like working through that um but uh, i kind of wanted to jump on the bandwagon at this point and take the chance to really see what this game's like um so so that's one that i'm pretty excited about do you want me to, to go on with with a few more or yeah, um, let's yeah, uh, let's just knock yours out, and then mine's not nothing impressive either. Okay. Um, but yeah, because you know you got that party you got to get going to, and I'm gonna have to put my kids to bed relatively soon. So okay, uh, okay. sorry for this one being a little bit more uh, uh, hurried. Uh, but okay. I mean, we'll talk about some of these like the next one on your list. Uh, you know, I'm looking forward to this one as well. Uh, yeah. So uh, I'm not. Uh, I don't know if we're. Oh yeah. I'd, looking at the wrong list um yeah 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 so let me find that again okay yeah so king of fighters uh 15 looking forward to that um a lot of people are just kind of like well this is gonna be whatever but i i, I want to support the fighting game community um and i'm pretty sure i'll have some fun with it also uh, sticking in with that um fighting game section is uh a new game from Arc System Works, uh, same people that did uh, Guilty Gear Strive and uh, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. Um, they have a new game that's coming out called DNF Duel. I don't know anything about it other than it's from Arc System. They make probably the best fighting games right now, um, so uh, or at least uh, regularly making the most the most best fighting games. Um, it looks like it's going to be another Guilty Gear Strive, just with different characters. So. It'll be cool. I'll definitely check that out. Um, yeah, I don't know much about that one, but King of Fighters is most definitely excited about just because it has a, such a long history and it's been a long time since I've dabbled in a King of Fighters game. Uh, but no, it's uh, Arc Systems does solid stuff all around. So yeah, you pretty much can't go wrong. They've been knocking it out of the park with all their games lately. Yeah. Um, other couple games 
uh, Forspoken is going to be a, a new game from Square Saw or Square Square Enix. Um, <laughs> Final Fantasy, the history of Final Fantasy VII originally came out by SquareSoft, and when they merged with Enix, it became Square Enix. So uh, you have the old Final Fantasy in your brain, and that's why you keep on saying SquareSoft. Well, SquareSoft just was such a much better name than Square Enix, but that's just my opinion. Um, so uh, Forspoken. I saw a trailer for it. It looks okay. I don't know. I'm kind of excited about it. Whatever. Um, it, it might it might suck. It, that 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 is definitely a possibility. It it might not be very good. Um, Starfield uh, from Bethesda. Uh, another game that you know I'm not really that big on Bethesda games, but I definitely want to see what this is like. Um, see if they've learned any of their lessons or cert- learned any lessons from you know, some of their most recent games. Um, I doubt they have, but we'll see what it's like and then proceed on from there. Um, Another kind of a big game that's coming out this coming year probably is Bayonetta 3. I just recently finished Bayonetta 1. It's not coming out. That's my bet. My bet is it's not coming out next year. You don't think it's coming out? (laughs) We'll talk about that next. So we'll talk about that next episode, but I don't think it's coming out. Okay. Um, um, uh, but, oh, actually, um, give me one moment. I have to, I have to answer this. Okay, okay. Sorry, mate. We'll be back in just a second. All right. And we're back. Uh, all right. Sorry guys for that short break. Um, uh, you know, kids don't wait for no one and they don't give a damn about your schedule. I don't give a uh, shit <laughs> about your fucking stupid video game podcast. It's like, I don't even, I can't even use the controller yet. So I just know that when it lights up in your hands, I need it. I need it. Yeah. So, all right. Um, Let's see. We left off and you were taught, you just mentioned, oh, that's right. Bayonetta. So uh, yeah, Bayonetta totally not coming out next year. That's just my, that's my guess. Um, I am not sure about that, um, but we will discuss it when I am sure later on. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I had a few and, more. And, just run through. Yeah. Okay. Go so right ahead. Starfield Bayonetta three uh, seems interesting. Um, uh, indies. There's a couple of indies games that I am trying to pay attention to because they don't often get a lot of you know play. But um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Uh, maybe that'll be kind of cool looking. Looks like the old Super Nintendo style games. Um, that was the one with the. Um, with that theme song that was like the same lyrics, but not the same melody. If I remember correctly, <laughs> oh, I, I, it hasn't come out yet. No, watch the, uh, was there's a trailer for uh Ninja. I think it was this Ninja Turtles game. Maybe it was the, uh, maybe it was one that already came out, but I just remember uh, they announced the new Ninja Turtles game. Looked like the old classic turtles in time or something like that. And uh, so solid game footage, but the guy who did the theme song, it was supposed to be like someone actually of note. And it was like, we gave you the lyrics, but we'd never actually let you listen to the original theme song um, and go. And that's <laughs> it was it's pretty awesome in a terrible kind of way. But also at the same time, it's still pretty good. Um, look it up. I, I want to say it's it's this one. I will look it up I, I, after the podcast. I will look it up. Um, uh, three more. Uh, one called Broken Roads. Looks like kind of one of those old, uh, old kind of PC style RPGs where you just walk around and talk to people, uh, and and stuff like that. Um, has a cool looking aesthetic. Looks interesting. I'll probably dabble into that. 
Little Devil Inside. I think it's only going to come out on PlayStation. Hopefully it'll come out on PC, but if I can get a PlayStation and I will probably play Little Devil Inside because it uh, looks pretty cool. It's got a kind of a weird looking, interesting aesthetic. They had it on the last um, state of play. They, they showed some gameplay of it and looks good. Um, and then uh, finally for me. Oh, the- wait, sorry. Little Devil Inside. That was the weird one that looks like isometric, looked like uh, almost watching a board game, had a... Um- uh, had a yeah. interesting, like uh, almost cartoony CG look to it. Uh, yeah, but that one. That one the, was really interesting. But also, like the tilt shift camera was kind of in there too, where it's unfocused yeah, and stuff. It, it seemed like it seemed like it was going to go like all over the place. Uh, they they had a couple different scenes uh, scenes that the game was in, and it's just like uh, like you're in the middle of the like uh, on a train, then you're in the middle of nowhere, like uh, trees, and then you're on like you're on a boat or something like that. Yeah, that one looked really interesting. I'm I'm curious about that one. Yeah, it'll definitely be a good to- a good talking point um, uh, for sure, at least. And then uh, finally, uh, a game called Stray. It's coming out. It's a you you play as a stray cat, um, and it's kind of you know. CG realistic looking. It's not like a cartoonish type game. Um, I've just kind of heard that it seems cool. I haven't really seen much gameplay or anything, but it looks like an interesting idea. So I'm excited to play. Yeah, that. but you're a sucker for cats. So I'm a sucker for cats. I love the cats. Um, and uh, looks like it. It's, it looks like a good idea and something fun to experience at least. And then there's a bunch of games that you're interested in that I'm also also interested in. Uh, at which point I will interject and uh, express express my concern. But uh, that's it for me, Joe. What what are you looking forward to this coming year? All right. Um, yeah, I guess no particular order on this one as well. But uh, I think uh, one of which is going to be um, I'm really excited for is uh, Horizon Forbidden West. Um, so I played the crap out of the original Horizon. Uh, that came out around the same time. Uh, the Zelda or the, you know, the switch came out and breath of the wild was out uh, shortly after horizon. Uh, everyone was really excited about horizon, but then when breath of the wild, everyone's like, Nope, we're going with breath of the wild uh, because you know, that had most definitely the nostalgic pull uh, out of the two games. Uh, I think breath of the wild uh, is the worst game. Uh, no, it's 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 more sandboxy. So if you have more time to play around and you want to do like a lot of physics stuff, that's really cool. But as far as an actual story goes, um, I think Horizon had you know it had a story, um, and that's <laughs> you know compared to Breath of the Wild, which had no story. Uh, no, it's actually it had a really good story. Um, Horizon story, uh, it was it was a good driving point. Uh, it you know the reveal of how things are and stuff like that, and why why things are the way they are. It was super awesome. So I am stoked about this next one. Uh, I put a lot of time into the first game, so I'll probably put a lot of time in the second one, though. I actually didn't get around to playing the DLC um, just because I just haven't been able to get back to it. And it's one of those things that uh, my character is at a high enough level. And it's like, I forgot how all the game, all the controls work because it had been so long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Don't you it's what I tried getting back into it. I'm like, oh, this is rough. I'm going to have to I should start a new game get myself just reacquainted with it and then go back into my original save deal and join jump in the DLC portion. Uh, and I'll probably end up doing that before this game comes out just to get me primed. Um, the question is whether or not uh, it's, it's granted target is going to be PS five. 
Um, I doubt it's going to be PS4, but with any luck, it'll be PC because uh, they did bring out the Horizon to the PC port. So um, I think I just looked it up, and I could be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure it, uh, Forbidden West is going to be for the PS4. Oh, as, okay. As well. uh, so th- I'm curious what kind of uh, sacrifices they'll have to make for that because, you know, uh, granted, at the rate they're going... Uh, <laughs> PlayStation took a hard stance saying we believe in generations and then they quickly backpedaled when uh, supply chains couldn't pan out. I mean, Which, yeah. it's fine for me. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, I won't talk about that very much, but like, I think Jeff, Jeff Gershman uh, from giant bomb, he said that like he, he's like, they were talking about how the, you know, the generation, when will the new generation really be here? And he was like, when, games are released for the PS five and they cannot run for the P on the PS four when they can only run on the new hardware. Um, and I'm kind of, I, I kind of, I kind of agree with that. You know, it, it doesn't really feel like the new generation is here, even though it sort of is here. Um, but, uh, as I mean, yeah, it kind of needs to extend because of, of the, uh, the hardware issues that we're having. They're the cons- supply constraint issues, but I'm also excited for horizon forbidden West. Um, I didn't play the first one. I kind of want to go back and play it, but I don't want to spend the money on it. And I know, I know I won't spend that much time on it. So I might just jump in on forbidden West if I can get a PS five um, and uh, enjoy it right there with you. Yeah. If depending on when you pick up the, um, uh, the PS five, if you're lucky enough to get it sooner than later, I mean, you can always do the backwards, uh, com- uh, backwards compatibility thing with the PS four. And uh, th- they do, I think they did make some, um, upgrades to it to be able to play on the ps5 mm-hmm. uh you know so enhancements and um, that probably be a solid way to play it as well uh but yeah so that's that's the first one that i'm really interested in uh another i guess another one coming out that's uh i'm pretty stoked about is uh sifu mm. uh so sifu was made by the um i forget the name of the team now but they're the same guys who did uh, absolver and i tried absolver but i was really bad at it um <laughs> very bad at the uh that it's a very technical like for those who are really good at fighting games and like they had a really good sword combat system, but Sifu is going to be more of the uh, Kung Fu martial arts style. And the, the catch or the gimmick to this one is really neat. Uh, or I think it's fun is uh, I think you start out as a 20 year old and every time you die, it adds uh, a year. Well, it adds a year to your life. Uh, so then you, you die once and then you're 21. But then what happens is I think it does something like, when you die again, it's the it adds the amount of times you've died to your current age. Whoa. So then, when you die a second time, it's two. You died two times already, and you're 21. So next time you're 20, no 23, uh, and then after that you'll be 26. Uh, so it, it you quickly get older. But then you you know you here you are uh, walking to a club. You know it's it's more or less uh, the boil down is I think it's just a revenge story, which yeah. I'm fine with. Uh, and you know, you go into a club and you just mess people up, uh, and it's a very unforgiving game. I've seen some. I've seen some people do uh, some uh, early plays of it, and uh, I really want to try it. I like. I'm a big fan of uh, kung fu and martial arts films. I'm also a big fan of uh, the old um, uh, Hong Kong, you know, like John Woo st- style stuff. So that's yeah. why one of my favorite games of the last generation was um, uh, Sleeping Dogs. I love mm. Sleeping Dogs way. Well, actually, made two generations ago now. I was it PS3. Shoot, yeah, I um, think it was. <laughs> yeah, so I actually, you know, uh, I've, but still, I re- that's one of my favorite GTA like games. Um, 
and yeah. um like uh sifu and sifu is um the cantonese word for master um they throw that around a lot in uh hong kong cantonese uh you know action films so that caught my eye just saying like oh sifu they're not they're not like using like um they're not that, that they're they are not using uh mandarin they're throwing it to like super old school cantonese so that's cool yeah um so that's well cantonese was always used in hong kong for the longest time unfortunately uh it's it's like a dying language right now um so yeah. i it, it i give it a couple generations that'll probably be all but gone um yeah maybe yeah so all right uh next one is uh on my list is stalker 2 um so stalker uh original stalker was um uh took place in chernobyl uh like the the remnants of in, in a mutated kind of wasteland um and it was kind of the predecessor to the to the metro style games um so it's very if you like the metro games or if you know anything about it, it's it's similar but uh uh, it was more soccer was like a little more open world and uh, it was it's a lot of fun. I rem- I hadn't played it since it like first came out and I just remember really enjoying it. I don't think I actually played any of the DLC that came out or the expansion. It was it was more than just a DLC. Uh, so I'm, I'm I like the Metro series. And so this is more uh, in the same ballpark. Uh, so I'm, I'm totally going to check this out uh, when I get a chance to. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, uh, n- next one up is going to be. Uh, the reboot of Saints Row. Oh yeah. Uh, all right, so I'm a little bit. How do I say this? Uh, I actually didn't really like the trailer too much of this, uh, but I really like Saints Row. Uh, more specifically, uh, Saints Row the Third. Uh, so I've played Saints Row uh, one, two, and three uh, to completion. Saints Row two and three I've played uh, with uh, friends, and that's what made that game so much fun. Is being able to do to do a GTA like game. And have it multiplayer. I mean, that's that's what GTA should have done a long time ago, uh, and to, to actually do the storyline that way. Mm, oh, uh, Saints yeah. Row the Third was the right time, the right place. Uh, they knew what they were. They amped it up. They cranked it to eleven and made it silly and quirky. And uh, I hit just it was funny as hell and it was a good time all around. So uh, the Saints Row Four uh, kind of didn't really catch me that well. It had some fun moments, but. Uh, just didn't you didn't hit that same uh strike those same notes so i'm hoping that the uh i i have hope for the reboot uh you know so long as it's you know i think is it, it'll be do passable you know because of the fact that i'm going to be playing it with somebody i'll find somebody to play it with you know okay um, i mean like like i'll play it with you um i heard that they were maybe going a little bit different direction with it and it's not going to be quite as silly um or is Did you that, not see the trailer? Oh, that trailer was pretty damn silly, man. I haven't seen the trailer. I don't. I haven't seen anything about uh, it. He driving backwards uh, on the rooftops, uh, you know, firing rocket launchers at each other. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I think it's a different kind of silly, uh, okay. but it'll still be pretty silly. And the whole concept of this one is um, they're like rebooting the gang. I think is supposed to be the concept. Uh, so they're going to. Uh, you're starting from the ground up again, trying to do, uh, you know, reboot the saints. Um, because that's what happened was in the original saints row was a straight GTA clone, like a, like a, it was supposed to be a thug life ripoff kind of deal. Um, and it was okay. Uh, saints Row two got more silly, uh, and they did some fun stuff. You know, they had like the poop truck, you know, you had mission to like vandalize some businesses with a poop truck 
you know. Um, <laughs> okay. And you know they they were getting they were starting to differentiate themselves. It had a decent story, um, and that's I think that was a surprisingly decent story for a game back then. You know, thinking just as a GTA clone, and then three went. Nope, we're just going to be silly as that get out, and we're going to have uh, a reality game or um, a, a game show where you just murder a bunch of you know Genki's super happy fun time or something like that, where you, your goal is to make it from one end to the obstacle course to the other while murdering everyone in the way and they're all in mascot costumes uh yeah you know, like, stuff like that they kind of figured out their niche as they went along they were like we're gonna be a knockoff and then they're like oh no there's actually some fun stuff that we could do a little bit of jason yeah and so that's why it um if you know they don't i don't think they'll hit it, uh, it, one they might not hit that level i don't i wouldn't expect them to but also too like i'm also a different person than i was at back then so i you know uh, it's been a long time <laughs> since that game first released. Yeah. So, you know, my sensibilities and my humor might not be, you know, I might not be as amused as I would have been, if, you know, back then. But I still think it's going to be a fun game. Uh, I have hopes that it'll just be a good time. Uh, so, yeah. It's cool. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, there's uh, Ghostwire Tokyo. Um, I don't have too much to say about this one because I've actually kept myself really in the dark about it. Um. I just remember when they first the uh, one of the first uh, couple trailers, it looked really good. It was like had a really good like cyberpunk aesthetic. Uh, I thought it before cyberpunk came out, this actually looked more cyberpunk than cyberpunk. I mean, it had a um, yeah. Um, it's just it's just a game that I've been having I've been waiting for because uh, I want to go into it as blind as I can. Because I'm actually this is one of the few ones I've gotten. Uh, like I, I, I was like, this looks really good. Unless if I start hearing like it's garbage, uh, I'm just most definitely just going to wait for it and uh, hopefully be excited. Uh, all right. Next one up is going to be God of War Ragnarok. Um, so the God of War that they came out with, uh, you know, the most recent one, uh, I really liked it. That was a solid game. Uh, I was able to play it on the PlayStation 4 and uh, I enjoyed my time with it. I had a ex- I'm a big story person. Um, so it had a really good story. It had, like I said, they did the right things right where they're talking the side chats they have. If you accidentally interrupt the side chat, they'll come back to that chat later. And so you can actually finish out what they're, they're, they're reminiscing, um, the bonding between Kratos and his son. Um, you know, the, the meme of boy, you know, yeah. uh, I yell, I yell that one to my child, you know, <laughs> trying to get his attention like boy. And he just like, ignores me. So he's like, <laughs> But yeah, he's uh, so no God of War Ragnarok. I'm really the twist at the end of the the, uh, the God of War game uh, or the reveal. I should not really twist, but the reveal. I'm like, OK, that's exciting. So I'm I'm curious where this is going to go. And I believe that team will do a, a phenomenal job. Yeah, uh, I have no doubt. I'm, I'm glad that they're in that they're deciding to end it, you know, after this, you know, this one. Um not everything needs to be a trilogy. And I was, I just assumed it would be like a trilogy or whatever, uh, back when never the first one came out, but I'm kind of glad that they're going to go ahead and end it and move on to other things. Um, uh, they'll end the North God. Uh, they, they kind of tease about the other deities as well. well God of war is so, never going away. I mean, it's like Mario. <laughs> it's never, it's never going away completely. But as far as like, like I guess in terms of the people who are going to be working on it, it you know, they're because they were talking about on some podcast, they were like, you know, it's if you think about it, you you spend you know three or four years per game on three games, and that's like the bulk of your career as a 
you know, game maker. So, um, anyway, it's just kind of a weird thing that I was thinking about. But I'm planning to play the the first God of War uh, in in January and maybe February a little bit, um, and then hopefully jump on this one whenever it comes out. Too. Yeah. Um. No. That that like I said, was, that game was another one. I did. I completely did everything I could on the PlayStation version. Uh. So. Yeah, it's totally worth uh, worth it, I think. Uh, and then the last game that I really have my eye on is going to be uh, Redfall. Uh, Redfall is... Uh, I forget when they, deba- they debuted the trailer for that one, but uh, that one's the... Um, like, uh, shows It's four-player. I don't know if it's PV. I, the, the trailer didn't really show much of it, but... Um, your vampires hunting other vampires hmm. uh it's like i don't know if it's like pve or it's like it's like i think it's supposed to be in the vampire the masquerade universe and it's supposed to just be um a big multiplayer thing is what i thought it was uh but even if it's like a back for blood style or something like that i'll be perfectly happy it just it looked fun you had the um each character had their own like hero abilities um one person controlled like a a, a machine uh, you have, you know, I just, it, it debuted really well for a trailer. I usually don't get excited about trailers. Well, you know, that looks good. Uh, so, uh, that's the one, like I completely, you know, I know nothing about it, but I'm actually going to keep my eye out for that one too. That, um, between that and like Ghostwire Tokyo, those are two, the two things I've been waiting, but Ghostwire Tokyo, I've been waiting forever for. Oh, really? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that one's been like, I, I, I honestly don't think it's going to come out next year. Mm, wow. <laughs> uh, I'll be. I'm, I'm actually curious about Redfall as well. I think Redfall might be not not coming out next year. Yeah, uh, we'll see. So. I mean, that we could, we'll definitely be kind of uh, kind of wondering about that in one of our next episodes. I think. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that'll give us some more topic uh, talking uh, uh, topics there. So, all right. Um, yeah, that's really about it for uh, for me. And uh, and you, you, you're all tapped out. So uh, I guess we're gonna go to our signal boost. And I'll start this one off um, just because uh, we were talking earlier and you made me realize um, it's like something I'd like to promote on the board game front is uh, uh, sit down, shut up. Uh, they uh, they if you if you, there's any board game that you're curious about, uh, they do a lot of good jobs about going over uh, the basic rules, the type of game Uh I I haven't been watching them of lately, but they're someone I used to watch often. Um, a couple, you know, a handful of years ago overseas, like there's been a the last uh, decade, there's been like a the gold they call them the golden age uh, of board games. So it's you know a big boom happened. A lot of people got really into board games. Um, uh, Will Wheaton uh, had his own board game YouTube thing for a while. Will lasted like had like three seasons. Um, uh, you know it's. Uh, it really didn't, you know, a lot of games got showcased. And so uh, Sit Down, Shut Up, they did a really good job of explaining a lot of the games and they did it in their own uh, style. It's not just a dry reading of the rules. They they did little skits. Um, they tried to make it they tried making it funny in their own way. And, you know, they made it pretty relatable. Like by the time you're done, you got a good gist of what the game was and whether or not you'd like it. And so based off their reviews, I've bought games uh, or, and I've also uh, I've not really been disappointed uh, with what they've recommended and how they've, you know, based off their views. So, yeah, totally give them a give them a look. I'm not actually sure if they're still making stuff. I hope they are. Yeah. But I actually, like I said, I 
last three years we hadn't bought a single board game so we just like well those are expenses we don't necessarily need we we have a house now we have a family like we don't have time for that and plus with the pandemic we're like we are we're just playing all of our old stuff uh so yeah. that's why i kind of splurged this time I'm like okay uh let's let's go in and get some new stuff so uh yeah sit down shut up give them a watch that's cool um i'm gonna pull one from from youtube sort of um so I don't know if you're much into true crime. I'm really not. Every once in a while, a story will pique my interest. And I was sitting on the shitter uh, the other day, scrolling through Reddit. As you do. As you do. Scrolling through Reddit. And I, someone had this thing like mysteries that they wish would be solved. Um, and so I was kind of reading through some of that. And somebody was like, oh, the the Hinter Kaifek murders. Um I was like, what's that? And uh, so I started to do some research on it. The The Hinterkaifeck murders, um, there was a farm in Germany in 1922. The farm itself is called Hinterkaifeck, and the family, uh, a family called the Grubers lived there. There were six people, and they were all murdered um, one by one, more or less, uh, by an unknown assailant. And officially they have never figured out who did it. And there's a lot of weird mystery, like mysterious things that happened around the case. Um, and there's just lots of like, lots of interesting stuff uh, t- to do with it. So, so I, I kind of did some research on that and kind of fell down the rabbit hole there. So the Hinterkaifeck murders, if you're into true crime at all, um, which you, you probably have already heard of it, but if you haven't, um, or you're just passingly, you have to have a passing interest in that stuff. I recommend going and looking that stuff up. Um, and what I'll, what I'll link is, uh, the first thing I Googled on it was, um, I just Googled Hinterkaifeck murders. And one of the first things that popped up was, uh, a guy on YouTube named, Mr. Ballin, um, I'll put the link in here and, uh, he's, uh, he like just talks about random scary stories or spooky or weird stuff. Um, and kind of just lays it out in story format and he's pretty good at it. Um, so, uh, that was kind of where I first experienced it, but then I went and, and listened to a podcast and stuff. There's a lot of cool stuff about it. Um, see if you can figure out who the murderer is. I think I know who it is. Um, and uh yeah it's pretty cool so that's my signal boost all right um well since it was the it's an unsolved thing so you think you know who the murderer is so go out there make a name for yourself (laughs) well i mean it's kind of complicated but (laughs) it's essentially like we we will never really know but the the um i'll just spoil this little part the invest like they they reopened. If you don't want to listen to now is the time to cut off. Thanks Rip for, the headphones for out us. of your ears. <laughs> thanks for joining us. Bye. Uh, but just real quick, it's not that much of a spoiler. Like in 2007, they reopened the case as a cold case, and every investigator that looked at it separately came to the same conclusion about who they believe the killer is, and they decided to not make it public because the killer's family is still around and they don't want to, and there's no, there's no way they can prove it. And there's no, there's no like way they can, that they can do anything about it. So they would really just be visiting a lot of probably bad 
publicity onto this family that has nothing to do with yeah, it. Yeah, they'd get bullied for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So they were like, well, and they so very smart of them, but there's a lot of other stuff that points that points around and if you redo enough reading, you can figure out who this group of people thinks it is and you you can come to your own conclusion. Anyway, that's it. All right. Well, uh, you know, this is uh, the last one for the end of the year. Uh, we're going to be closing out 2021. Uh, you know, we've been going at it for now. Uh, this is episode eight, Officially. eight and a half. Officially. You include our um, game of the year discussion. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> uh, we've, yeah, four months now. Uh, you know, we'll be uh, looking forward to another uh, another solid year. And I really do appreciate you guys, uh, you know, sticking around, listening, uh, you know, and I appreciate you, Nick, for uh, taking your time out. And, you know, I know you got a party to be getting to. So, uh, yeah, that's it's great. Thanks a lot. And we really appreciate it, guys. You I, take care and have yourself a good one. I also appreciate you, Joe, and I appreciate the listeners. Ah. Um, and uh, I hope that we can have another great year together. Uh, Happy New Year, y'all. Yeah. Take it easy. Bye.